What's up, space dudes? Welcome to Trek to the Holodeck. I'm Dylan. I'm Darius. And I'm Jan. On Trek to the Holodeck, uh, we're here to do the hard work of definitively, definitively, definitively ranking. Definitively ranking? <laughs> I'm just going to start it again. I'm just going to start it again. <laughs> no, I love that shit. On Trek to the Holodeck, we're here to do the hard work of definitively ranking the best Holodeck episodes in all of Star Trek. We judge episodes on dialogue, romance, action, suspense, camp, and stakes. And we do that on a scale of one to five treks because you got to quantify this. Yeah, and you're probably asking yourself, yeah, but what what qualifies as a holodeck episode, guys? And don't worry, we have it. A holodeck episode is literally any episode that features the holodeck, whether they walk in and walk out in like a second or they, they spend the whole episode on the holodeck. Yeah, and uh, this week... We're watching Manhunt, episode 44 of Star Trek The Next Generation. Which I believe is uh, season two, episode 19. Season two, episode 19. And so is everybody, like, go ahead, Darius. Oh, no, it aired June 19th, 1989, in case anyone cares. Yeah, in case anyone it cares. It sure did. Oh, it and sure did there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> if you're ready, come along with us on this trek to the holodeck. 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 Believe these simulations be this real. Much of it is real, sir. I disengage the safety protocols. Now that even a holographic bullet can kill. It's all a holographic simulation. Please enter program. I was thinking of something a little more intimate. Program complete. You may enter. Waxana. 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 So uh, this, this episode was written by Tracy Torme uh, under the pseudonym of Terry Devereaux. And we'll go over why Ooh. he chose the pseudonym later. Interesting. It was directed by Rob Bowman, who's done 13 episodes of The Next Generation, including the legendary Elementary Dear Data Ooh. holodeck episode. Damn, which we have yet to get to. I want to shout out some guest stars here because this is probably one of the few times they would ever get shouted out. <laughs> uh, Robert Costanzo as Slade Bender. Great name. Such a great name. Truly. Slade Bender. Oh. <laughs> Rod Arons as Rex. Rod. I believe is the bartender. Robert O'Reilly as Scarface. And a lot of people, uh, Trek fans, will recognize Robert, Robert O'Reilly as Gowron, Counselor Gowron from Deep Space Nine. Oh, cool. Oh. Fan favorite. And Rhonda Aldrich as Madeline, who would reprise this role three times. I believe this is the second time she's playing a role. She's playing this Madeline, the secretary for Dixon Hill. Oh, cool. A lot of R's. Fun fact about Robert Costanza is he uh, would eventually be in a Dick Tracy movie. Costanza, yeah. Yeah, he would. So That's he's just awesome. getting typecast like crazy. <laughs> so yeah, let's do a, a quick synopsis of the episode. Yeah, before we get into it. Yeah, uh, so in this episode, uh, Antedian delegates are, need to get to a conference, so the Enterprise-D is picking him up. I think the conference, I think they're, like, applying to become members of the Federation. Yeah. Uh, and Antedians are, like, squid people. <laughs> yeah, and they uh, they travel on ice, so they're just, like, frozen, essentially, um, because they're, like, too afraid. Like, the, the transportation process hurts so much that they have to be frozen, essentially. Yeah. Um. So like they transport aboard the ship, and then they're they're taken off, and they're about to basically head out. And uh, a transport shows up, um, and it's Loxana Troy, uh, Deanna Troy's mother, and uh, she's also going to this same uh, uh, what is it conference, 
and she comes on and man, she is horny yeah. because she is in her like midlife, like the uh, menopause, but for, but for them, it's a, it's a different thing. It's they're, they're just horny because they're about to take their husband for the rest of their life. Yeah. yeah it's called the phase. Oh, it's so good. Delicious. And, uh, so as a result, Waxana tricks Picard into a one-on-one dinner and it is so crazy weird. awkward. And they, like Picard <laughs> like calls Data in the middle of it. Incredible. <laughs> He's like, yeah. hey, hey, bro, uh, I need I need some help right now. I need some facts about um, <laughs> about uh, 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 dinner rituals. How to thank how how other cultures thank uh, people for their dinner. I need you to get here fast. <laughs> and Picard's constantly like, fascinating. Tell me more about that, Data. It's like I sure will. <laughs> Uh, um, so after the dinner happens, they uh, decide to um, Picard basically finds out from Diana that the phase is a thing, and so he's like, "I gotta, I gotta hide myself. I gotta take myself out of this equation, or else she's gonna want to marry me." And he goes off to the holodeck to to become private investigator Dixon Hill. That's where our holodeck adventure begins, uh, and Loaxana can't find uh, Picard, so she. She zones in on Riker, the guy to to marry as her new husband, and, and Picard's in the holodeck, and she eventually finds him, uh, but doesn't understand what it is, and she ends up uh, having a big old crush on Rex, the bartender, and can't read his thoughts, and is like freaking out. Uh, <laughs> She's like, wow, um, you're the most fascinating man in the world, because yeah, she can't read his thoughts. It's incredible. All all the while, while this is happening, the uh, Antidians end up waking up and they they arrive at the conference and they end up explaining to Loxana what the holodeck is and it's not real and she's kind of pissed off that they didn't like tell her earlier. <laughs> it's like, you let me go on with that holodeck program? She doesn't realize that it's it actually would be the perfect solution for her problems. <laughs> so no, that's what I was thinking. It's like, this is perfect. Well, in the end... Uh, they're all about to go to the conference and super offhandedly Waxan is just like, Hey, those fish dudes, they're going to commit like a terrorist act. They're going to blow up the whole fucking thing. You should probably arrest them before they do that. And all of them are like, uh, what the fuck? What? And then data's like, Oh yes. Yeah, they so scan them. <laughs> yeah, they scan them. Like, fuck, she's right. Take, Damn. take them away. Like that, that's the, the offhanded side plot of this whole episode. Is the God, terrorist so activity, <laughs> and she's known it the whole time. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's known she, it the whole time. But like earlier, she was just like super racist to them. Yes. For like seemingly no reason, and now at the end, she's like, "Yeah, and they're gonna blow it up." Sorry, did I not mention? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's pretty fantastic. Uh, do you got any good trivia for us, Jan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so one of those Antidians who look like. Squid, like we're not exaggerating. They the makeup blue squid people. Watch the episode because they look like squid. Yeah, uh, one of them is played by Mick Fleetwood of Fleetwood Mac. Incredible, <laughs> and it's not. I can't. I can't tell which one is which. <laughs> and apparently it's, he was like. It's one such... of those. It's one of those like cameos that you're like, why is this even a cameo? I think Mick Fleetwood just wanted to be on Star Trek without anyone knowing he was on Star Trek. Absolutely. <laughs> Even though he's he's credited as a special guest star, I don't know. It's it's like it's, it's just it's a name of credits, yeah. and it's so weird. Uh, and also, these are some of 
I, I hate to say it, the nastiest aliens we've seen in Star Trek. Pretty wonky. Mostly because of the way that they eat, I think, was disgusting. Yeah, that big barrel of fit, whatever the fuck it Fish. is. Yeah. And they're like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, going uh, Hilariously, the wharf is like, these, these people, they're sexy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, Worf's like, love these people. Yeah, Worf is infatuated with them, but also like... They're weird and they're kind of gross because of the way they talk too. Because there's a universal translator, yet they're still like fold, fold. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is true that the universal tra- translator might have some prejudice built into it. <laughs> it's like you know it does. These guys are too ugly to yeah, sound normal. You know it does. <laughs> and then like the episode does a throwaway moment where like Wesley's like they nasty and Data's like um. Humans need to chill out with their visual prejudice. Yeah. <laughs> There's also a later point. It's not even just that because it's another throwaway moment oh, later right. where him and uh, Wesley and uh, Worf. Um, Worf are looking at them and Worf calls him out on being racist again because he's just like, yeah. hey, Wesley, did you think of me this way when you first Stop saw me? Being You're being bitch. racist. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. And Wesley's like, uh... <laughs> yeah. learn a lesson. <laughs> Uh, Majel Barrett uh, is fam- famous for being the voice of the computer. She's also been in a lot of Star Trek episodes in the past. Mm-hmm. She was number one in the original pilot. And in, there's a fun little meta gag in this mo- in this episode where she talks to the computer, which is herself. That's pretty great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Because she plays uh, Loxana. Yeah, she plays Loxana. Yeah. And, for anyone uh, who doesn't know, she plays Loxana. Yeah. And if, if uh, many people that. may not know that she's also married to... Or was married to Gene Roddenberry. What? So that adds a lot of uh, depth to the content of this episode. The director, Rob Bowman, spent most of the time focusing on making sure her performance was like top notch. Like that was his yes. goal. It's oh, like, hey, let's make her look as good as possible. I gotta be honest, uh, her episodes are kind of my favorite. Always. <laughs> Whenever she shows up, I'm like, ah, shit's about to get like real world awkward. Like the parents have shown up and like, this is real. <laughs> She's like everything that's every single cliche of, of an annoying parent. She's like yeah. casually racist. She hits on everything. Yeah. She says the wrong stuff. And somehow she's an ambassador. Yeah. It's insanity. <laughs> the idea of like a telepath or an empath who is completely unempathetic is very funny to me. She, she, <laughs> Hella judgy. <laughs> yeah. This uh, the original script for this episode was uh, far more nori. Apparently, mm. uh, the writer based it on "Farewell, My Lovely" and "The Little Sister" by Raymond Chandler, who also wrote "The Big Sleep" and "A Long Goodbye," which is what the prior episode was called. "The Big Goodbye" takes place in the Dixon Hill universe. Oh, cool! Uh, but uh, it was rewritten by Maurice Hurley to remove like a lot of VO and a lot of Picard stuff in the holodeck because it ended up. There was a an order from above to make it more of a Waxana episode. Oh well, it's, it's a little bit of nepotism going well, there. That sucks, See, while but also I'm, I'm okay, okay with, that. with it because uh, a Waxana episode is great. It sucks because it would have been cool to get some more noir stuff in there. I agree. Why you're making 24 episodes a season? Just make it two different episodes. Exactly. Do a fucking. Do an awesome Dixon Hill episode and do a hilarious Waxana episode. Make it a two-parter. Have Waxana come on in the beginning of the first episode and then have the whole episode be uh, the captain inside the holodeck. (laughs) And then the second part is them outside the holodeck 
I'm just imagining a season finale, two-parter, uh, Waxana. To be continued. Uh, yeah, to be continued. And then, and then uh, Dixon Hill episode. wait six months. <laughs> and now the conclusion. Dixon Hill episode. Like the, the lamest season finale and season beginning of all time. <laughs> Rob Bowman, the director in Captain's Logs, the unauthorized complete Trek voyages, said, this is the boss's wife, and she only does it once a year. So it should be accommodating for her, and that's what you did. So <laughs> that's what they did. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Yeah, some shots fired there. Truly. Uh, all I mean, although I think it's actually, like, pretty fucking funny episode. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I guess we can get into it now. But, like, starting from uh, the very beginning where Riker, when Lo- Loxana comes on, and Riker's like, no, no, don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll get, I'll get your, your luggage. Yeah, okay. And basically, he's like trying to show off in front of Deanna Troy, being like, I'm gonna be nice to your mom. And then tries to go <laughs> and pick up the luggage, and it's just so heavy, <laughs> and he can't pick it up. I know, like Frakes does a, a little bit of a sight, like a, a, a little physical comedy gag. Where he's like, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> Uh, Riker is low-key my favorite character in this episode because of how much he's fucking enjoying it. Every time he's in a scene where Deanna's like, uh, she wants to make you her husband, Picard, you can look at Riker and he's got the biggest shit-eating grin on his face where he's just like, this is awesome. This is awesome. (laughs) And it's also like they're explaining the phase to Picard and Troy's like, yeah, I mean, it's a, you get a lot of sexual desire, and and Riker's like, yeah, like four times more, uh, four t- four times the sexual des- desire, and Troy's like, or more, and he's like, does a double take, like, what the or more? He has eyebrows, and she's on. like, I didn't want to scare you, and I'm like, I think I don't think that was scared, Riker. <laughs> Nothing scares. I think he would have put a ring on it way sooner if he. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is definitely this season two. It's peak peak horny Riker. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, really. For sure, <laughs> he's going all all horn dog. At this point, that being said, he does act very unprofessionally on the bridge at one point when he's talking to <laughs> Wesley and Data, a miner and a robot making fun about <laughs> Waxana, a miner and a robot making fun of her. <laughs> I also, it's been a while since I've seen uh, early Next Generation, and I didn't realize how quickly Wesley like becomes a crew member on the bridge. Yeah, like it's kind of weird. Season two. Like, <laughs> think about, th- yeah, think about like the the legit ensign and lieutenant that like got assigned to the Enterprise to be a helmsman. And he's like, yeah, mom, dad, like I'm on the flagship of the Enterprise. I it's gonna be big. I'm gonna be piloting it, day shifts, and then <laughs> an order assignment order comes in. It's like, oh, I what? I'm only doing two hours a day at night. What? Who's I lo- I lo- who's my lost replacement? That's my job to, <laughs> to a sixteen year old. <laughs> A 16-year-old who hasn't even gone to Star <laughs> Academy? You know who would, who that that helmsman would have been? It would have been Harry Kim. Oh, it would have been Kim. Absolutely. <laughs> it probably was. And he would have just been like, okay, I'm fine with it. All right, fine. Whatever. Complete lack of ambition. Uh, there's one moment that doesn't take place in the, the holodeck that I love when Picard gets out of the dinner with Waxana and is with data and he sits there and just like (sighs) pauses and does this long breath and is like you have no idea how much i owe you for that data thank you (laughs) 
Thank you. They're just like anytime. I'd love to talk about. He like he just does not understand. He doesn't understand why he why he got brought in. Yeah. By yeah. the way, I think we all want to talk about the dress uniforms. Yeah. I love it whenever they pop up. I, They're literal dresses. We were talking about this. I think they. I when I first saw them, when I first started watching TNG, I thought, oh, that's kind of weird. It looks a little funky, especially when I saw Riker wearing them. And now I'm like. These look better than the normal uniforms. I think they should just wear them all the time. I think they look great. I've been watching, I told Dylan, I've been watching um, The Last Kingdom on Netflix. And it takes place in like pre-medieval England. And they're all wearing tunics, right? Because it's right after the Romans leave England. But they're all wearing dress tunics. And so it's, and then I went straight to this episode and watched it. And they're like, oh yeah, it's our dress uniforms. I'm like, that doesn't look out of place. Yeah, it's pretty oh, rad. It's normal now. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty rad, dude. It's totally here. For they could it. even be a little bit longer. Like the t- the dress the dress uniforms could be a little bit longer of a tunic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, they got to do. The, I wonder if there's a dress code thing where they have to like put their arms to their sides. You know, if, if, if they're <laughs> <laughs> no no shorter than the fingertip. <laughs> <laughs> they also wear tights under the dresses too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know, Which Riker's is... definitely got in trouble for a short skirt violation. You know, Riker. Riker's definitely. I know you got nice legs, but you gotta one. You gotta wear the tights, and two, you gotta lower the skirt. You can't just free ball it down there, Riker. Are those see-through, Riker? William. William. We know Riker Uh, would would wear a uh, a kilt at all times if he could. If yeah, absolutely. Oh, Oh, it would also make would it make it easier or harder for him to do his like weird leggy over the chair. You know how he always, easier, that's how he easier. sits down because he's got back easier. problems? Way, Way easier. Yeah, hey, I feel like he'd like it more too because he's definitely showing off more. The last thing I want to say is like, is, is Luxana Troy the worst ambassador in the entire Federation? She might be the best. Or the best. Yeah, yeah, that's what I- <laughs> Cause she's like, she's, she's terrible at interpersonal dynamics. Yeah. But maybe part of the, what makes her an effective ambassador is that she's so off-putting that people don't diplomatically don't know how to react to it. Yeah. It's, it's a, also yeah. that if she couldn't read people's minds, she wouldn't be as like, <laughs> she'd be a better ambassador, but she's also a good ambassador. Like it seems like, a, like, like not okay. Like, I feel like if you're an ambassador and you can just read people's minds, you're like, I just know everything now. Like, I know what you're thinking. You can't lie to me. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe kinda, they just send her to, conferences where they think there might be a terrorist attack <laughs> she's exclusively <laughs> it was such an offhanded like throwaway ending to this oh, episode yeah. where she's just like oh by the way they're gonna they're gonna they're terrorists they're gonna blow things up and everyone's like no they're not what are you talking about it's like yeah you guys are dumb and you missed it but if you do a scan like you'll see they're gonna blow everything up i think that the and that's because again the episode was heavily rewritten and it bothered the writer of this episode so much. This was the last episode that he ever wrote for Star Trek. Oh. And he asked to be credited under a pseudonym because it, his script was so fucked Fuck with. This. Good for him, man. Hey, yeah. I get it. I understand yeah. that. Like, if your script gets fucked with that much, yeah. then you're like, that's not my script anymore. Don't put my name on it. Totally. Yeah. For the boss's wife to have an episode, which was fun, but again, should have been a separate episode. Yeah, I agree. Do uh, you guys want to go uh, take a look in the holodeck real quick? Yeah, let's let's check it out. Let's check it out. <laughs>
Accessing Starfleet Archives, USS Enterprise D, Mess Hall. Simulating. You may now enter the holodeck. I think it's Luwakzana. Luwakzana. What's up? What's up, boys? You trying to say that crazy lady's name? Ambassador Luwakzana. 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 I think I got it. Luwakzana. Luwakzana. Where'd you come from, Pert? Oh, I just got out of the brig. I got arrested. I didn't get arrested. I got taken to the brig. I was uh, trying to catch a sneak peek at those uh, Antididans. Antididans. The fish guys. I was trying to catch a sneak peek. The Antidians. 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 Yeah, that's what I said. Antidians. You were trying to spy on them? No, I was trying to get a look at their crazy faces. I've just heard so much weird shit about how crazy they look. Uh, and I overheard Picard talking about how rare it is for us to see him, so I tried to take a sneak peek, and they tackled were, me pretty quickly. You were sent to the brig for it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What What exactly did you do to sneak a peek on them? And yeah, what exactly right. did you do to get sent to the brig? Because, like, trying to break in somewhere, that's not... Oh, I didn't try to break it. So what, what I did is I, I ended up painting my whole body, camouflaging myself, and then standing up against the transporter wall, uh, and then I, I happened to sneeze when they showed up uh, but luckily they were frozen so they didn't freak out but everyone else fr- freaked out pretty good that is a breach of protocol yes i understand now yeah it's pretty awesome though they're weird painting your whole body to look like the wall yeah man i've been taking these art classes i don't know if you guys have been gotten in on them but like they've really improved my painting skills per, did it all myself per, were you naked oh yeah definitely that's part of the reason I got sent to the brig also. That is not up to Starfleet regulation, that uniform. No. Nudity. In fact, no. I've taken a special interest in what is technically permitted during regular operational hours. As you can see, I am wearing my dress uniform. Yeah, you're wearing dress, dress, dress unit. Yeah. Though technically supposed to be reserved for dignitaries and special functions, I did find that under the Starfleet code, I am permitted to wear this at any time. Uh, I mean, it looks great. Well... Why do you want to... You look great. Yeah. Thank you. I do appreciate your positive feedback, Tom Space. The reason why is the circulation and ventilation that this dress uniform provides. You'll find that it is much easier to remain cool, especially in the lower regions of the body, with this on. Mm-hmm. Hey. You free balling it down there, yeah. Lopec? Are you wearing underwear? You wearing the tights? Vulcans do not wear underwear. It is not logical to have multiple layers of clothing when one is sufficient. Right on, man. Oh, yes. High five, correct? High five. High five. Hey, um, so, speaking of Loxana, have you guys... Luoxana Troy. Luoxana Troy. Have you guys been approached by her? Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Really? Yes, once I started walking around in the dress uniform, she was quite forward. You as well, Pert? Yeah, yeah, I, I was walking to the, uh, I was, as I was painting myself, she saw me and tried to jump my bones. Fuck. Why doesn't, she didn't, she didn't ask me. She didn't? She hasn't even, she's walked by me ten times. We've been in the same room ten times. Ouch. She's hmm. asked everybody but me if, if we want to, like, 
be her husband. You gotta put yourself out there, man. Am I ugly? Am I ugly? Uh, I. It is not appropriate to judge a species by their outer exactly. appearance. Compared Tom to space. the Antartians, but, like you, you're a looker, you know. But you, but you body painted yourself, and she asked you if if you wanted to be her husband. No, Tom. And and as a side note, perhaps consider you know hitting the gym yeah. or something. Oh, so now you're calling me or fat. Cool. Maybe take a so shower too. And I'm fat. And now I got. Oh yeah, now I don't shower. All right, fine. No, Tom, come on, we're not. Cut. There is no reason to abruptly stand up and leave the. No, okay. I'm gonna, you know what, guys? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Continue to work. I'm gonna go find a Jeffrey's tube somewhere and hang my balls out and just keep working. All right. How are you gonna? Are you gonna like cut a whole? <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> Loxana. Loxana. Antardians. Antidians. Antidians. Don't say Antardians. That's not what I said. I said Antidians. That's what you're saying. Right? Oh, no. I mean, I was just going to start talking about uh, the holodeck episode, basically. I loved it. I loved... uh, I kind of wish we would have got to see the whole... um, Noir. And I, I know there was a previous episode with the Noir, so we'll get to watch an episode mm-hmm. that's like full Noir. But like, yeah. I love the music. I love the world. I love everything about it. And we don't see it that much, but it's great. Mm-hmm. It really feels like they found that set on the Paramount lot and just made the most of it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because they only use the bar and the office. Like, that's yeah. it. The only thing that kind of yeah. bummed, I mean, it's funny and I like it how uncomfortable Picard, how bad Picard is at playing this role because he shows up and he's like what's going on and she's like this is what's happening he's like I don't know what you're talking about she's like you remember this he's like uh oh yeah yeah that's that's yeah sorry for, yeah forgot <laughs> Picard on the holodeck <laughs> is like a a, a, a like a dad like a, a dad in his 40s who got a PlayStation 4 and GTA 5 <laughs> and plays it once every three months every yeah. time he like boots it up <laughs> it's got to do like updates <laughs> he's like what, what am I doing it's almost to the point where you you have to ask yourself has Picard li- ever done this holodeck program or is he really just been that long since yeah, he's done it because that's like, what it felt like there's parts where you're like dude you you should know this if you've done this episode if you've done this holodeck program before you should know you should remember these things and also if you're gonna yeah, do totally. a holodeck like you gotta study up you gotta it's a it's role playing so you gotta know your character and once you know it once you should know it again so once you get in there you're like yeah i'm, I'm fucking i'm dixon hill and he's just still Which is Picard. Also like another, another thing that like that that reminds me of is when Riker goes like, I guess we should go to the holodeck and find Picard. And then uh, Data's like, Can I come? And Riker's like, Yeah, sure. He's like, Okay, but can you give me a couple seconds? Because I gotta go put a costume <laughs> on. I gotta like get into character. Data loves the holodeck. He Data does. Loves he the holodeck. Loves the holodeck. <laughs> <laughs> so they open the bar door, and it's. Data in a full-on like suit and fedora, and then it's just Riker in his normal uniform because yeah. Riker's like, "Fuck this, <laughs> Captain, we gotta talk." <laughs> uh, uh, that's Lord. such a good, 
good point. Why, like, why does Data like it so much? Is it, I think because he we talked about it in the Encounter at Farpoint episode. It's so human to just waste your time to do nothing. Yeah. Well, and he's learning humanity too. You know, like yeah, he's learning these things. Yeah. Yeah. It allows him to cosplay as a human in in different areas. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It all and and the holodeck programs treat everything like it's totally normal. So the holodeck program might go like, "Hey, you look kind of weird for a human. What are you gonna drink?" That's that's like that's all uh, a holodeck ever does. Yeah. This episode too, like, really shows how dumb the holodeck is. If it's just a simple program, just like they ask <laughs> Picard, asks him, like, I don't think I caught your last name. He's like, I don't think I have one. I think it's just Rex. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. this is like a real, not a a detailed holodeck program because, like, when when he first gets in there and the guy shows up, pulls a gun on him, and Picard's like, Wait, whoa, what the fuck? Like, this is not what I wanted. And he tries yeah, I want to it do more that. chill. Yeah. I want a more relaxed version. <laughs> more, to the point where he more pauses ambient. the holodeck episode. Yeah, yeah, he pauses. He pauses it. the holodeck just to hang out. <laughs> and then the holodeck's like, Well, you know, this is kind of what happens in a story. It has to happen. So like, it immediately plays it again, and he comes in with like a, a Tommy, Tommy gun. <laughs> He's like it's limited to what happens in the story, and then he he says, which in in the in the holodeck's defense, it's telling a story. That's true. You're right. Sorry. No, no, no. I just love what he says. He's like, more ambiance, less substance, <laughs> is what he wants. He's just like, I just want to hang out in like the the like chill hop mix YouTube video version of. Dixon Hills private <laughs> investigator's office. Like, that's what I yeah, want to do. <laughs> Picard likes open world games, but he doesn't like to play the story. Like, so he, he just <laughs> likes to chill he's, and walk around. He's the guy in GTA that, that follows the, the like, uh, stoplights and stuff. Like, he just drives a car <laughs> around and follows all of the, <laughs> the street signs. This reminds me, and it's earlier, it's earlier, so it's like building on, Pic- on Picard's, uh, uh, character but it reminds me of when we did fistful of datas and picard just wants to play his flute and everyone keeps coming in with like can we do this can we do that can we do this i want to do this and he's just like shut up i just want to hang out <laughs> i don't want any substance i just want to sit here and enjoy picard needs to find the mod pack for the dixon hill program yeah that's that's just way chill just like hanging out <laughs> he needs to design his own program that's just Dixon Hill's yeah. office. Or get Barkley to do it. Pay him. You Bar- know. Yeah, no, don't, yeah him. don't get Barkley to do it. He's going to put some weird shit no. in there. <laughs> <laughs> Barkley. I, can I say one of my favorite one of my favorite things with Picard in this episode is they're in the bar talking to Rex and they get the drink and Rex is like, you want your usual? Um, and Picard's Par- like, uh, yeah, well... What's that? Uh, oh yeah, it's probably what Scotch neat. And Rex like yeah, hands him like Scotch neat, and then Rex looks at him like does the the money symbol of like rubbing his fingers together. And Picard looks so like confused. <laughs> he's just, yeah, he like puts his hands together like doesn't know what he's he's and, like trying to like mimic him. At, yeah, <laughs> looks at, looks at his secretary and is just like what what is this? Oh right, money. Money. I forget money. I got every yeah. time. I gotta start bringing it with me every time. The bartender's like, like, yeah, you dumb fuck. Like what are you? <laughs> because in Star Trek, money isn't a thing. Like in the time of Star Trek, money's not a thing anymore. Yeah. That's one of the weirdest inconsistencies was because they do talk about money 
I think some cultures do use money, obviously, like the Ferengi yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think I think like Starfleet officers get to just be very snooty about it. They're like, um, we don't do money. We don't, we don't need to do money. We don't money. need money anymore. We don't need money. Our our civilization <laughs> is really advanced yeah. and we don't do money. We don't we don't like do me. I don't do money anymore. It upsets my stomach. Do you have any money substitutes? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, you're a you're a money user. Oh. No, that's that's okay. That's that's fine. Let me see if I can get some money for you. <laughs> yeah, look, bro, Let we're not on learn. Earth. Yeah. Okay, we're not on we're not on Earth right now. So, um, yeah, take 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 money. Use money. All right. I know it hurts your stomach, but fucking use it. You got it. <laughs> Even in the first episode, when when in Encounter at Farpoint, when Crusher goes to the mall on Farpoint, she says, yeah, charge it to my account on the ship. So I think Starfleet has money for interacting with other cultures. Yeah, I would assume they have. But the, the officers don't even yeah. consider it. They have the big, like, uh, like uh, bank heist vault, you know, that, like, people who rob banks and travel through all different countries have. You know, they've got the big vault mm-hmm. with all the different types of money somewhere on that ship yeah (laughs) so they can be like well we're going here today what do we we need uh foigles that's what we need for this planet a bunch of foigles you know and then they put it in there don't they do they have they have replicators at this point right yeah so they're replicating they they have a big room no no (laughs) it's a post-scarcity society for sure they're literally just replicating money they're counterfeiting other cultures money (gasps) and giving it to them do you think that's the thing do you think it's causing horrible inflation (laughs) Do you think like when when the Federation comes on like different planets to shop, they're like, "Wow, fucking, we don't take that shit here. We don't take your replicated bullshit money on this planet." Yeah, they're like holding holding it up to the light. Yeah, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this is this is two years old. Oh fuck, our plans are old for the money. We gotta update our plans. <laughs> you know, like Barclay's got some like counterfeit. Some like counterfeit empire that he's like running in the background, <laughs> counterfeiting like bills from the <laughs> replicator, and he's just like sending them off world everywhere. <laughs> oh, that's God. the thing. Like Federation Starfleet people are such nerds that they don't even think in that way. Yeah, yeah. That's like you know you could just you could just manipulate entire cultures. You could just be the richest <laughs> person ever. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I guess I could I do guess, that, couldn't I? Yeah, I guess I could. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just an ensign on this ship. Yeah. <laughs> um, can we talk about names in this episode? Let's talk about names. The names are so amazing. Slay Bender. Slade Bender. Slay Bender. Slay Bender. Like a Dick Dixon Hill, Dick Hill. Like Dick Hill. Rex. They're classic oh. old names, man. Madeline. Yeah, Matt, Matt, Madeline. Crazy, crazy name. Man. Crazy she have name, a last Madeline. Name? Did Madeline have a last name? Not that I can tell. I think it's just Madeline. I think the only one who has a last name is Dixon Hill. Yeah. Oh, no, Slay Bender. Oh, sorry. And, and Bender. Slay Bender, my bad. Man, just think about it. Like, you're, you're Maria, ben, blend, uh, Maria Bender, and your you're, you're child is born <laughs> and holding it in their arms. Like, what, what do you, you want to name him? Slade. Slade. What? <laughs> You heard Slade. me. What? Slade. Slade. Slay? Slade. Slade. And like, honestly, Slade Bender is a legit name. Good choice, man. <laughs> I was just making sure you were saying that correctly. I'm a big fan of Slade. 
I named three yeah, of my Slade, kids Slade. There's no judgment. I got Slade one, Slade two, Slade three. They're all about five years apart. Great name. <laughs> I mean, just be be just so you know, he's gonna become a mob guy. But yeah, guaranteed. Great name. <laughs> it's a guaranteed mob name. <laughs> just so you're aware. <laughs> yeah, great, great names. Uh, yeah, I, 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 my only regret with this holodeck segment in this episode is that it's not the whole episode. And I think that's a common thing that I feel it's like, I wish that we had gotten to see the version that is way more Dixon Hill. Yeah, totally. Yeah. With Picard you kind of get that it. in when he's Picard's first there and he's just chilling. He just puts his feet up. Mm-hmm. He's leaning back. The music's playing. Yeah. He's like, so what do I do? I love it. Yeah, this is awesome. Uh, then so it takes place. San Francisco, nineteen forty-one. Yeah. When when does World War Two end? Like nineteen forty-five. Right, yeah, but they're talking about World War Two like it had ended. Oh yeah, are they really? I think it must be. I don't think it's nineteen forty-one. It must be late forties. Well, he, I'm pretty sure he said nineteen forty-one. I think that's why they were so flummoxed because he was talking about World War Two and all this depth, and they're like. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like they they all looked at him kind of weird. They were like, "What are you doing?" Like she does have that that line where she's like, "Uh, you're something like Hitler and uh, Stalin or buddy buddy or whatever." Yeah. So it is during World War Two then, because yeah. it would be pre. Yeah, it would be before Hitler has betrayed Stalin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm assuming pre. Yeah, December seventh, nineteen forty one is Pearl Harbor attack. So pre war U.S. right on the edge. Yeah. Right before it starts. Yeah. yeah. And, and Picard's just like spouting all this shit about World War II. And they're like, okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> nerd. Yeah, nerd. <laughs> Basically, Rex was just like, are you sure you need a drink, man? You sound like you're you sound loaded like, already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you're real fucked up, dick. <laughs> uh, one, of my favorite, one of my favorite lines, uh, which has to do with, with ridiculous names, is uh, one, uh, I think, uh, Data and... Riker come in, they see the shadows, and Rex goes, I'm as tense as haircut Lipinski trying to land on a fraction. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of them where I was like, I that could have been a completely I have none of those references meant anything to me. <laughs> Incredible. I have I don't even remember that happening. I honestly completely missed that. Holy shit. I, I wanted to Google it on the spot. I'm like, I, I think it actually works better without me not knowing what it means. I think tense. I think that's very tense. Sweet God. Uh, it just sounds like they put words together. You're just putting random words together and and they work. Uh, I, I mean, there's not much, there's not much else to talk about in this one. I, I, I do you guys have any? It's it's super light on holiday yeah, plot. Yeah, it is more of an ambiance. If it Picard got what he asked for, he wanted less substance and more ambiance. That's totally. He that's nailed got. that. Maybe maybe it was a meta comment about the episode. He was like siding with the writer, and he was like, "More ambiance, <laughs> less substance. That's what this episode is." You know? Also, Loxana when she comes on, not understanding what the holodeck is. Like, yeah, this just does yeah, bring right. up the question again. Like, is she how common is holodeck technology? How do do people know about it? She apparently doesn't, which kind of blows my mind. Honestly, well, it blows my mind because she can read people's minds. So, like, she must be so flummoxed by the fact that she can't read the bartender's mind that she's not reading Picard's mind when he's like, actually, like, this is a holodeck. 
you oh, you're right. Not gonna be able to. She's so focused <laughs> on the bartender. And let's not forget. Also, they do explain this, and yet Troy, I believe, says it. it's like, yeah, when they're in, when women, Betazoid women, are in the phase, their brain is their right. mind reading ability is kind of thrown off. Yeah. yeah. So they they are over interpreting things often. Is this her first appearance, or does she show? No. no okay. No. I, was, I think this is her third appearance. Okay, cool, cool. She should know about the yeah. holodeck then. She's fucking been on the ship twice. You you think she would, right? It's like VR. You know, like your parents probably like have heard of VR, but they don't really know what it is. Yeah, it's true. It's like, yeah, VR is a thing. The other thing that, uh, I mean, we've kind of already talked about how little Picard cares about the holodeck, but he's done this holodeck thing before and there's a whole point where Madeline just riddles off a bunch of like slang terms from the 90s and Picard's just like not the 90s the, the 1940s 40s, yeah and Picard's just like I don't know what you're saying <laughs> yeah. he's like a total he's this. a total noob in this is yeah it seems like he's never been here before and she's ratting all the shit off and he's like I didn't do my homework okay <laughs> I didn't prepare for this like he's like a kid <laughs> who showed up on test day and is just like, I didn't study. I'm still gonna take the test though, but I didn't study. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. You know how, like, if you play a video game and you're really bad at it, mm. some video games will be like, Hey, do you want to play on like very easy, easy. mode? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's what the holodeck should do yes. whenever somebody's just really fucking it Phoning up. Phoning it it's in. Like, hey, yeah. have you cons- yeah, yeah, have you considered lowering the difficulty of yeah. this program? I like to think that the holodeck computer is always monitoring people of how much effort they're putting into the role playing. So at a certain point, they're like, hey, you're not trying hard enough. Do you want to try something else? Because like you're doing a big disservice to this program. <laughs> and I can't I can't stand to watch it anymore, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> this is entertaining. How many people do you think like fell asleep on the holodeck and then the, the holodeck does the like the Netflix? Are you like, still watching? Are you still watching? <laughs> are you still watching? Because like someone else has rented the holodeck in 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> kind of need you to get going <laughs> who would be the person to fall asleep in the holodeck of on the crew picard. like picard it'd be picard. yeah i guess you're right it would be picard just totally conk or, out. yeah or it'd be or it'd be uh laforge mm. oh maybe laforge it reminds me of that that one that good geordie laforge episode where he's he's on the he's created the perfect date and he's on the beach oh god <laughs> We will definitely get to that Sorry. one. Love that episode. <laughs> There's definitely. Oh no, I was gonna say it'd be Barclay after he's slept with all of the uh, prostitutes that he's come up with <laughs> that he programmed. Yeah, yeah. Just knock the himself out. Computer's just annoyed as fuck. Like God, I gotta get Barclay out of here again. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know there's not much else to talk about when it comes to the holodeck stuff. I do want to uh, like highlight a couple of things that happen off the holodeck. I know we're not going to get to rank anything that's happening off the holodeck. Sure. But I do like how they've basically used some of this episode to discuss racism in a sense, like, and have like, yeah, just called out Wesley for being prejudiced as fuck. (laughs) Yeah. It's not even subtle. Yeah, it is. It's done in such a 1980s after school special way too. like, Wesley's like, yeah, they're they're, they're gross. And like, is it correct to say that other creatures are gross? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> they're just different. 
Yeah, it they does they really spell it out. And there's the part or Worf, and uh, Worf is just like they are immaculate. I think they <laughs> yeah. look. He's like great. What a handsome race. <laughs> yeah, he's awestruck. <laughs> he's like, oh, shit. That is one of the funniest <laughs> moments in Star Trek ever, because just the way that it's shot and edited. Yeah. There's just a pause. Like, what's what's he thinking about? What's he gonna say? And he just says, "What a handsome race." Because you think. <laughs> Because usually Worf says the fuck. Worf is a kind of an asshole most of the time. Like when you when you, when you cut to him and he's looking, you're like, oh, "What kind of fucked up shit is he gonna say today?" And then he says that, and you're like, uh, "What the fuck?" Like, and here's the thing: like, I I I totally get what they were going for, but they did look make make Fleetwood look not cool and because they Worf is saying that they're like noble or there's like a certain pride to them or something like that yeah yeah and i don't i don't see it like they're just they're really goofy looking they're you know like it's one weird. thing if they're like more you know what i'm just being really human now aren't i yeah <laughs> did you think the same thing when you saw Worf for the first time God damn it <laughs> To be fair, after watching a lot of DS9 and then coming back to TNG the early episodes, when I saw Worf's original makeup, my immediately reaction was like, he looks wonky as fuck. This is weird. He looks super weird. <laughs> like, I don't know what they did to his makeup, but it is funky. They did like streamline it over the years, which I'm sure Michael Dorn appreciated too, mm-hmm. having to sit in that makeup chair all the time. Yeah, seriously. Totally. Probably allowed him to move his face a little bit more too. Better expression. And you get his you get his kind of weird smile, which is cool. <laughs> his Terminator <laughs> smile. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Geez. So I, I I do like how they kind of uh broach the subject of race. Uh but then at the end, they're the bad guys and they were terrorists. Yeah, yeah I know. They they, so they it, totally it's really yeah. mixed messaging there. They do kind of throw it out the throw it out the window there. Yeah. I am, it's like, no, they are evil. I immediately thought that when they were like, Oh, they're the terrorists, they're gonna blow it up. I was like, Oh, what the fuck? Like they just said they were trying to become a part of the Federation. They're just gonna they were ended up being terrorists the whole time. Wesley, you were right. Good job. <laughs> Judge things on their yeah, appearance. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right sure, do you guys want to rank it yeah let's do it let's rank it baby right, how about that dialogue how do you feel about that dialogue um i thought it was great that one line is pretty great yeah. i thought it was great yeah i think that the holodeck is really well programmed even though it's limited the lines those killer lines i know good. i know it's there's not a lot of it um and again i'm trying to treat these holodeck episodes in a vacuum i'm not gonna like judge them based off of other holodeck episodes so for me it's definitely i'm gonna give it a 4.5 because there there's a couple times where i feel like they might go a little too overboard with it like they've gotten to the point where they're now doing too much crazy like lingo and stuff but yeah i'm I'm gonna go with i'm gonna give it three tricks i didn't think it was bad but i didn't think it necessarily exceeded in in what it was there's a couple of really great lines but i didn't think it like totally nailed everything personally i'm uh between both of you i'm giving it a four all right cool. we get a good nice little how spectrum. about a romance Ooh, that walks on a rex romance kills it i know right <laughs> they got he's so excited too the holodeck program is like somebody loves me there's a there's a I do love that the holodeck always defaults their characters to think that whoever like whoever the real player is is hot. Yeah. Yep. Like 
It's like most of it, the holodeck knows that most of the time people are in a holodeck to bang. <laughs> so it's like Rex is totally into walks on Troy. Um, yeah, they were they were cruising along at a big old zero for the longest time in this episode of romance. Mm-hmm. And then right at the end, they bring little, in some great romance. A little bump. I'm going to I'm going to give it a, a, a three point five. Yeah, that, that was that was my inclination to three point five. I was going to I'm going to go with. Ah oh, man, this is tough because I, I will go with three, flat three for this one. Cool. Because that Rex romance is just too good, but yeah. Uh, the action in this episode. The big old goose egg. The card wanted more. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> it's, it's not much. I mean, the, there is like pulling out of guns. That's there more was a like, handing, yeah. Handing a gun to him and there was, there was the implication of the action. Violence. She's like, yeah. you're going to need this gun. And then like they get to the bar and he talks about the person and he's like, this is why you gonna need the gun. And, and then, then they didn't shoot like it. It's, it's the it's the opposite of of the uh, Chekhov's gun. And I think yeah. that has to do with the <laughs> fact that he probably did shoot that gun in the original episode. And then mm-hmm. they rewrote it, rewrote it, and now it's not. There is a they do make up for the Dixon Hill lack of action in another holodeck episode that we'll do at some point uh, in a live action movie. Ooh, oh. Rules. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would agree. This episode is like, for me, it's a one. Like there's it, cut off violence. It's, it's, it's a one for me because there's the implied action. Like there was going to be action, but there's nothing. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give it a 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5. Wow. Harshest critic. I'm being is, a little harsh on this sure. just because I, I liked it. But, you know, when you're ranking these, yeah, I got to be honest. I got to be honest. That's fine. Uh, suspense. Not a lot of that, I think. The only suspense that's in it for me is the, the implied action. Violence. Yeah. Going back to the implied action. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when is it going to happen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's yeah, a little bit of suspense much. in the door uh, uh, of the bar, like who's at the door. But mm-hmm. the thing is, is like we as the audience know who's at the door. So the suspense isn't for us. But there's suspense the for the characters <laughs> yeah. in the holodeck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two for me because of the tension of the guns that are is never paid off. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1.5. No, you know what? I'm going to go with a 1. I'm going to go with a 1. I was going to go with 1.5. 1. 1.5. All right, guys. Our favorite category, camp. Camp? Camp. It's a lot of camp. It's the, good. The dialogue's super campy. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the dialogue does a lot of heavy lifting lifting there, but it's it's great. Mm-hmm. And also the setting, the the sets are really great. Mm-hmm. The clothes is great. Data wearing the suit for no reason. Fucking killer, man. Data's the best. <laughs> can I can I just when it comes to camp? Can I just say this again? I'm yes. as tense as a haircut. I'm as tense as haircut Lipinski trying to land on a fraction. <laughs> That's like three treks right there. Haircut Lipinski. (laughs) Trying to land on a fraction. fraction. What does that even mean? (laughs) Who says that? Uh, Rex. The bartender. Jesus Christ. You know Data, like, he, like, logged that. Like, that's in Data's (laughs) brain now. So, like, at some point, he's going to say to somebody, I'm as tense as... On the bridge. On the bridge. (laughs) (laughs) That's like, uh, they're not responding to our hails. I'm as tense as Haircut Lipinski trying to land on the fraction. I don't think Data what? hears that. I think um, Rex says it before, like oh, at, right man. before Data and uh, oh, yeah. and Riker come in. 
I was Real I was hoping he'd say that to Jordy at some point, and Jordy would just be like, <laughs> "You crazy bastard!" <laughs> just like <laughs> slap him on the back. <laughs> My robot friend. <laughs> Camp for me is four. It's a four. Four. I give it a four as well. How about you, uh, Dylan? Three five. Three five. Three five. Stakes for me are super low. Let me go ahead and give that up. Yeah, two because we we're we're hoping that Roxana doesn't walk in on him. I guess. Yeah, I guess that's it. Also, there's the stakes of, and it, I'm gonna give it a two two. But there's the stakes of, is the holodeck program gonna give him more action, or is it gonna listen to him and just mm-hmm. give him more ambiance? And are the safety protocols still <laughs> still on? <laughs> Because Picard freaks out like he's actually going to get shot. <laughs> That's true. His default settings might be NC-17. Yeah. Go ahead and fuck me up. Yeah. yeah. So stakes for me are two. Two for me, Dylan? Uh, yeah, two. I think that's a good. That's good. Cool. All right. I'm putting that through the number cruncher. Put it in the computer. What do we got, computer? Yeah, we got to ask the computer. All right, computer. What is the final rating of this episode? Calculating. 2.56. Whoa, 2.56. 2.56, yeah. I'm cool, yeah. Uh, which puts it ahead of the Practical Joker and Encounter at Farpoint okay. to take the, the, the fourth, fourth position. That seems about that right. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Guys, I think our rating so far has been pretty spot on. I think we're getting it. Yeah, I think we we're. I think we're doing pretty good. We're doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> I th- yeah, people are really going to be thankful that we've we've been doing. Yeah, this once fun. this podcast's over, our Reddit post on the Star Trek subreddit <laughs> is going to be lit. <laughs> people are going to be like, "Oh my god, you nailed it! These are all correct. This is exactly how I think of them too." <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, two like 2.5, 2.6, was it 2.6? 2.56, yeah. 2.56, that's not too bad. And that's not bad. Uh, good enough for number four. It's not, a, it's not a long episode when it comes to Holodeck, but it's longer than uh, Farpoints. Yeah, it's true. It sure is. It sure is, Captain. Well, uh, yeah. unless anyone has anything else. Let's, let's get out of here. Oh, uh, here's a question that I want to ask from here on out. Yeah. Yeah. Would you recommend a person watch this for the holodeck segments alone? No. Mm. Um, no, yeah. Because I'd say, I'd say if they want to watch this for the holodeck segments, then go watch one of the episodes where Dixon Hill has a bigger part. Yeah. Like there's other Dixon Hill episodes. Yeah. Yeah, this one's too spliced into the Loxana Troy. But wait. So yeah, I would say. I don't know. I no. think I might have to amend what I just said and say yes. Go watch this for the simple line of I'm as tense as haircut Lipinski trying to land as a fraction. <laughs> like, and Slade Bender. Slade Bender. Bender. Those are the only two reasons and, that you need to watch this. And skip ahead. Like, skip ahead and find it and watch that, and then you're done. Yeah. Incredible. Cool. Um, cool. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Trek to the Holodeck. Uh, we will be back next week. Jan, what, what episode are we watching? We're going to be watching the Star Trek Voyager episode, Author, Author. It's in season seven, episode 20. The doctor tries to write a hollow novel. So Hell it's the yeah. first time I think that we really see 
how a hollow novel is built in Star Trek. That's awesome. Yeah. So go watch it right now. Go watch it right now. Yeah. Well, watch it so that you can uh, follow along with us next episode. Also, don't forget to check us out on Instagram. We're uh, Trek to the Holodeck. Uh, we show we share some great stuff on there. Oh yeah, some real good stuff. We're gonna be showing sharing our rankings very soon as well visual format so you can send that to all your friends and be like this is bullshit or like oh these guys totally got it right you know you can send stuff like that out it's probably the latter yeah absolutely all right space dudes yeah i hope you guys have a good week stay safe out there wear masks be a good person (laughs) make it so (laughs) spent virtually every free hour in the hollow suite Subscribe to Trek to the Holodeck on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many other Alpha Quadrant podcast sites. You can receive Trek to the Holodeck updates on Instagram, Twitter, and all other subspace networks. The voice of Trek to the Holodeck computer is provided by Verona Blue. Intro and outro music by artist Bodyline, available now on Bandcamp, used with permission from Midwest Collective. Trek to the Holodeck is a fan podcast celebrating Star Trek. It has no affiliation with ViacomCBS or any other Star Trek rights holders.